0: Hey world, welcome back to After The Show, the BSM music podcast that's about anything but music. Today I'm talking to multi-instrumentalist, graphic designer, promoter and zine maker Lucinda Livingston and we get down to the nitty-gritty of zine culture and being a positive role model in your community. It's lovely. I know I've had a lot of people be like, can I come on and talk about my band? I'm like, no, that's...
1: <laughs> it's the opposite. That's
0: literally the only, that's the last thing the, I want to talk about. thing you're not about. allowed
1: to talk about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... Cool. Did you, um, when did you move down to Brighton? I can't remember when you. you... I've
1: lived here twice.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Because you you moved to Leeds, back to Leeds?
1: Yeah. I I just had like a weird thing when I didn't really live anywhere Mm. for like maybe two years. Right. But the start of that was kind of. I just randomly fled Leeds and moved to Brighton, mm. and I was only there for like three or four months. Yeah, and then I lived in London for like a year. Yeah, and then, and then that's when that sort of year or so started of me not really living anywhere mm. when the band got busy. Yeah, and then I moved. I properly moved to Brighton September last year.
0: Okay. Again. So while you were, I guess while you were a nomad, you were still. Was the was the concept of Lady Fuzz sort of in your mind or had you already started it by that point? Cause you say you started it in twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah, so I started it. I had I basically had a gap what, like where I didn't live anywhere again. <laughs> um and we had just my band had just been in the studio, cult dreams recording the EP that had the song "Lady Fuzz" on it, right? Um, and I was thinking about ideas to do a zine to go with it. But uh, then, okay. Then my thought chain just expanded so much more. Yeah. And I ended up contacting loads of like cool, like women and non-binary and gender non-conforming artists, mm. um, like illustrators, uh, musicians. To be like, hey, do you want to like be in my zine? Mm. I'm starting the zine. It's called Lady Fuzz. I'm basically gonna showcase loads of cool work, like, and there wasn't like limits. It was it was gonna be lifestyle stuff, cultural. It was gonna feature musicians and artists and writers yeah. to give them a platform to do to just say and do whatever Mm. they wanted yeah and it started out just being friends because i had so many like talented friends that didn't really put their work out there because they either didn't know how or they lacked the confidence to do it and maybe just needed someone to be like hey you're great yeah i want to like feature you in this or will you do something for this um yeah so it kind of went from an idea of being like a little zine for an ep pre-order to actually being what what it is now like a zine a a, a community almost i guess
0: yeah like a a creative safe space almost
1: yeah i think when when i started i call i I sort of when I was describing it to people I was saying creative collective because yeah. it was just loads of cool people doing cool stuff and it was it was cool for me because I got to fuse like all the things that I loved about the underground music scene mm-hmm. and me playing music and me doing like art and illustration mm-hmm. and it was just like it's It's the one project I have where it just feels like it just keeps going. Yeah. And, like, there's so many different outlets I can explore with, like, other people in it. Um, Yeah. This year um, was cool because I started to be able to pay contributors.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: So I have three permanent writers. Amazing. And I pay them for their contributions to every zine, um, which was – Again, another cool thing that I always wanted from day one because there's so many people that try and make a living out of their art and their mm. writing and there's so many freelance writers in the world yeah. that don't get paid enough. Who are just, who or, are just like, doing
0: it for the, for the love of it and the enjoyment. Yeah. And, the, you, the,
1: the and every, every time I find one, I'm <coughs> like, hey, you know, I pay people to do that for
0: my zine. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> um, should come here and write for me and we can grow this even more and then we can all come up together.
1: Yeah, so I think, I guess, how long has it been now, 2015? Like, four years, we've done six issues, Yeah. one festival, a few little events. Um, so it's cool, yeah.
0: It is really more of a community than maybe you thought about it, that it would potentially grow into at the beginning.
1: Yeah, and I think the most recent thing is a lot of, like, small labels and small bands like asking to use the Lady Fuzz blog as their own platform to yeah. do whatever they want. And yeah. every time someone emails me I'm like, hell yeah, like use it for whatever. If you have something you want to write about, mm-hmm. go for it. If you want us to preview or premiere yeah. a single, let's do it. If you just want to talk about something random, let's do it. So it's just got it's gotten from a point where it's like it's not even it's not for me it's for everyone Mm. and like bands will email me out of the blue like hey I had this experience I want to write about this Mm. can I like write about it and then give it to you and I'm like yes and that's I guess that's what we want
0: yeah really do you feel that you've almost taken on the role as like an editor-in-chief like you you don't want to like say send like I use in brackets the term censoring, like, or editing down. You kind of want to make sure that it fits the ethos of the zine, but also you don't want to, like, stop people from writing about their experiences or what they
1: yeah. want to. I'm, I'd say, like, I'm really picky, mm. but I'm only picky because I'm really protective about it. Absolutely. And what we put out and who we're supporting and what kind of attitude we're having. Yeah. Because, I think a, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of why isn't there more women on this? Why yeah. isn't there more non male people on that? Why isn't there this? Mm-hmm. And I want to take the completely opposite approach. I want us to be like, hey, look at all these incredible people that yeah. are everywhere, all of the time. Mm-hmm. We're going to show you all of them. We're going to celebrate them mm-hmm. because I think we've. I think we got to a point in like the last five or six years where there is complete awareness about the fact that there is a huge sort of, I don't know, equality issue Mm -hmm. between male musicians and then all the other minorities that aren't a white male musician basically. And I think there's been plenty of awareness raised about it, but I just want to give people a big hub of where to find it all. Yeah. Um, and tell everyone how amazing it is. Mm. And I think um, it'd be really easy to have the opposite attitude. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't want. I don't want to have that. Yeah. I just want it to be like, look, here's an amazing band. Here's another amazing band. Here's a festival that's a hundred percent made up of like women, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people like it's a hundred percent diverse like where the people that are doing that yeah and it's re- and it wasn't hard
0: yeah it's ne- it's so, never hard really is it to find I mean it just takes a, a a short look on your extended friendship group and you'll find some creative who's not a white guy
1: yeah um, and there's loads of loads of people have got loads of work to do and I talk about I talk about it over time yeah um, when it comes to like lady fuzz stuff but I think I just think the main thing for me is just like being super, super positive about all the amazing work that's out there, and and just continuing to share it and celebrate it like it's cool. I mean, I'd say in like so many aspects of my life, I'm probably so negative,
0: but (laughs) but,
1: um, but yeah, with this. But it's good it's, to have a
0: it's good to have a, a a negative outlet as much as a positive outlet in terms yeah, of like
1: with this it's all super positive yeah and um, uh, it's just yeah it's just it's just nice and I'm glad I've been able to keep it going for five years like the so far there's just there's been dips obviously yeah. where I get super busy but I'm definitely moving into a place where I've like brought on more people to help me mm-hmm. um, and. I still do like 90% of everything that isn't writing or yeah. contributing to the zine. Yeah. I still do all of that, but I have really cool writers that bring their ideas and have a bunch of people to fry ideas around and Yeah. It'd be, you know, it, it's going to be cool to see to see where it goes for sure.
0: So what did you what did you read? growing up were you involved in like the zine culture i'm i'm i'd be honest with you i'm fairly new to like the whole zine culture i've always liked them i've always enjoyed them but i've 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 seldom sat down and read a lot of them were you were you in did you grow up reading zines were you aware of them when you were younger no
1: i i don't think i was quite old enough yeah like or and i was i i grew up with like pop music yeah um I didn't know about bands or, like, women being in bands. Yeah, look,
0: we all like Spice Girls. It's fine. We can all...
1: Well, do we now? Because Tories. Do <laughs> yeah. we? I don't know.
0: <laughs> don't Let's ruin them for about... me.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- to be fair, my first ever gig was the Spice Girls when I was five.
0: I mean, that's amazing. Fo-
1: followed by Boyzone two years later. Then had All Saints in there somewhere. Oh, um, the the so, big three. So my... My upbringing was strictly pop music, Mm. the top 40. I used to – the most – I think possibly the most DIY thing I did when I was a kid was, like, I used to tape the songs I liked off the top 40, and that was just, like, my Sunday afternoons. (laughs) was, like, making mixtapes every week religiously. Like, I was an only child, and I didn't leave the house so much. (laughs) So um, that was – that was a lot of what I did.
0: So I guess you read um, all them pop magazines back in the day that you yeah, buy and stuff. I love
1: Busted. Busted was sick <laughs> back in the day because, like, they like is is mad. But like, seeing pop musicians with guitars was like so rare. Mm. Like, there's loads of pop bands and people now that play guitar, but yeah, it was it was really stupid stuff. that that sort of inspired me to get more into like rock and punk music it was like it was Lindsay Lohan in Freaky Friday Mm. the remake when I was 11 years old because she was like a punk and she played in her band and like that was what inspired me to play guitar and want to join a band and like I'd love to say it was something cool
0: (laughs) I mean that is pretty cool to be honest
1: with you but like it was just you know 11 year old me seeing another person being in a band yeah because I was never shown it anywhere else yeah um,
0: I mean kids take inspiration from the from the easiest of places and the strangest oh, of places yeah. sometimes it's,
1: it's mad I used to love writing letters to people yeah so maybe, 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 maybe just, I'd, write, I'd write letters to all my favourite bands
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wrote <roll> one to Eminem <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was asking him how to make my demo
0: yes okay <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah i did like really stupid things like that as a kid because like that was all i knew it was just like my bedroom
0: yeah
1: cd singles taking stuff off the radio yeah um but then i think like i I don't even know if when i wanted to start lady fuzz i properly knew what a zine was like i I knew a lot about riot girl culture yeah but I just never really read loads into, like, the zine part. Yeah. And it was really weird because I feel like the year that I did Lady Fuzz was almost, like, a resurgence of zines as well. Yeah. So it was, like, when I brought the first one out, I just started seeing them everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because I was paying more attention Mm -hmm. or if that's just because, like... Because I didn't see anything. I I didn't see anything that... um, was like, oh, a zine? Yeah, I'm going to make a zine. Because I don't think I'd even seen one before. Right. So I I don't really know how it came about, but I guess it was something I was aware of and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people... I mean, gone are the years where I've also sat down and said, I think I'm going to make a zine this year. And you get down to the nitty-gritty of it and you're actually like, this is actually quite difficult to do. And I think to make a quality product not even just like what you're writing about or your ethos or the setup but it's actually like picking the right materials to do to make a good zine that people are are gonna want to buy is is half the battle as well
1: yeah i i think when i did like the first the first issue it was maybe like 34 or pages or something
0: it's almost Um, like a mini book
1: yeah, all our zines are like 44 pages yeah. now, but it was around 30, the first one we did, and I just printed 100. Uh, I didn't... I made it all in between, like, Illustrator and Photoshop, mm. and sort of... I was definitely, at that point, taking loads of influence from, like, Riot Girl zines, yeah. like, having kind of the photocopy desk style, yeah. and um, I got them riso-printed by a cooperative in Leeds mm-hmm. uh, that I still work with now they're called Footprinters. they're great yeah and yeah did did 100 sold them for like three quid and I got like a bunch of pre-orders yeah. like I don't know I just don't I don't know and then I think the next issue I printed 100 and then ever since the quantities I've printed every time have gone up yeah and now we're doing, like, runs of 500, which is almost like a super limited print magazine. Yeah, right. Um, and the style of it visually has definitely changed.
0: Here is one. I mean, this is an audio, oh, yeah, audio, audio medium, but I have just picked up uh, issue six from September
1: 2018.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, for people who are listening, it's, it's very good quality. You should go and pick one <laughs> up in your, on, on the internet or go to a stockist. Do you have, like, a list of... Like on your website I was looking around, but do you find that people want to stock that or do you reach out to people? Are people reaching out to you now?
1: Um I guess I don't I don't really have time at the moment to reach out to stockists. Yeah. But so at the moment I guess it's just if people want to and again it's again it's something I'm picky about. Yeah. I think the first ever Stockist that we had was All Ages Records in Camden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't dropped any off there for ages because I've not been there. And they're kind of old school the way they do it. Like they just write it in a book
0: and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How many did you sell? Uh in the book it says two, maybe three, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: kinda <laughs> like that. Um so that was like the first one. And then um I think the second proper stockist I had was probably specialist subject. And Kay came up to me and was like, we want to stock it. Cause they'd also started stocking a bunch of stuff when they opened yeah. their shop in the exchange. So that was cool, and then now we have like a bunch of random places, and a lot of them are just like little collectives in Europe yeah. that have them on the merch table when they run a show. That's cool. Um, I've got like six one three one records have a handful of copies in their store, which is cool mm-hmm. um, for because we have quite a big American following now, so yeah. it means they people can buy it without horrendous shipping prices. That's great. And, That's great. Um, so yeah, we have a bunch of like random really random ones and it's just people that have emailed me that say they want to stock it yeah and I'm like yeah you look cool you can have it (laughs) yeah
0: it's also also good that the um I mean with the the world we live in now anyone can see anything any of your art that's been put on the internet you know read anytime readily available but it's nice to know that there is physical copies of a community-based zine in different parts of the world that people actually can read and absorb and take influence from and direct their lives towards that
1: for sure I used to um I used to for the first two issues I did digital copies oh okay and then so you could buy it digitally for like 99p and it was like a pdf download yeah and then I think we got to issue three which was at that point, it was my favourite one we'd ever done. Yeah. Like, um, I would like, I loved how it looked. I felt like I'd finally kind of nailed what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Like, This is a punk zine. It yeah. doesn't need to be digital. Yeah. It's not meant to be. Well, you, like,
0: you checked yourself there a little bit. I
1: was like, people <laughs> people shouldn't be reading this, like scrolling through a PDF on their computer. Yeah, come out and buy that it. That sucks. Um, and I was just like... I like spend so much time on the design and the edits, and then it's really beautifully like riso printed by this cooperative. It's Mm. like it's not digital. I was like, cool, never doing that again. Yeah. Um, And and yeah, now it's just a print zine. Um, The other thing we don't do is we never put the articles online either.
0: Ah, okay. Um,
1: So like, if someone says something really cool, no one, only 500 people will know about it. Yeah. If we're doing runs of five hundred, yeah. 500. yeah. Um,
0: so, so you say you do all the design work yourself. I know that you obviously yeah, do so that more I, more now.
1: Yeah, do all the do all like the layout, and then I I'll do the editing of the articles, mm-hmm. and then um, one of my writers, uh, Kaz Scattergood. She is most known for doing like girl gang leads. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an amazing copywriter. So when I've laid it all out, she, like, proofs everything for me. Yeah. And makes sure, because, makes, like, with a lot of the interviews or, like, loads of stuff, like, it's so easy to miss things. So I finally actually have someone to proof it now, which yeah. I never did.
0: <laughs> I, do, I have the same issue with the with the newsletter that I do for work. I feel like I... I read it like four or five times and you're like, yeah, I'm ready for that. And then you send it off and someone's like, you've just, you've missed an entire word here. And you're like.
1: Yeah. For for me with anything like mailing list wise, I just never even bother. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to write it once and read it. But if I read it more than once, if there's a mistake in it, I won't see it anyway. Yeah. It's almost (laughs) like
0: the the more you look at something, the more it doesn't look right. I
1: wasn't, I wasn't made for like writing copy and checking grammar No, unfortunately i think
0: i'm too dyslexic to do those sort of things anyway (laughs) like learning the different grammars uh, the different grammars i can't even i can barely even talk about it grammars
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i think as as well like everything that you read in lady fuzz is like super conversational it's super chill it's not very formal Mm. um and kaz is really good at just picking out like odd bits that will read better in a slight different way um but not completely changing everything everyone said. Yeah. Um, and uh, another one of my writers is Ren Aldridge from Petrol Girls. Uh-huh. Uh, she's an incredible writer. Like mm. she's done some really cool stuff over the last few years. So I was, I was like well pleased when she wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, because I knew we'd have some really cool articles to come from her. Yeah. For sure.
0: It's it's good that the. Um the community vibe is already, like you're saying, put into the into the work. Like the editing's not too hard. It's super conversational. Like it's it's got this I mean, I don't want it to sound like weird, but a friendly attitude when you read it and when you when you purchase the copy. Like it doesn't seem like you're saying it was super limited, like a a limited magazine, but it doesn't feel limited. It feels like anyone could read this. Like it's good to share around. It's supposed to be shared. It's supposed to be given to people.
1: I'd really like to think that was a thing, like I'd love to think that like people buy it, and then after they've read it, they give it to someone else. honestly, I'm like ninety percent sure that's not true, yeah but um like um if if you have one or if you do buy one and you read it and then put it on a shelf and you're not like a collector, mm. if you're like me and you're super ruthless about your belongings mm-hmm. and you just chuck everything out <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it it'd be cool to give it to someone else for yeah. sure donate um, it
0: to somewhere put it in a venue give it to someone
1: yeah i love i love stuff like that like i left copies at the uh, civic media center in gainesville last time i was oh, cool. there um during fest last year and stuff like that um
0: you should um you should find it you, you know you should like geotag the <laughs> issues like somehow like put a chip and pin or like a chip in each one and then find the data and see where it goes and it might might upset you more to find out that they're not where you want them to be but yeah they're just all in a
1: bin somewhere.
0: <laughs> then maybe you do need digital copies no you,
1: you do i mean i always i have all the digital copies yeah but like
0: no it totally makes sense to not have digital ones even
1: even everyone that contributes to it i still send them a physical copy oh that's like nice. even though it, you know that technically like loses a bunch of money to send like a Tiny zine to like America mm. to like give to someone, but yeah, it's um, I don't know, it's I, I kind of always want it to be like almost a bit special mm-hmm. and non pretentious, yeah, and I, totally. I never want to put like a time limit to how regular we do the issues because yeah. that would never ever work for me, no, and my stupid life, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, I've never done like a subscription or anything like that because I just, I don't want to let anyone down yeah, and every totally. time it comes, every time it comes out, I just want it to be like, Hey, cool. Here we are. We're back. Yeah. We've made a zine. Um, and it's always really nice every time we get a new zine because it's, it's lovely to see everyone's like showing up, like, um, sort of all the just chatting away to loads of people on Instagram mm-hmm. when they show up and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's just like a nice thing and it's always really nice when i get to do a new issue because yeah. i put a time limit on my on it in my head and then it's normally always like 2 months later
0: <laughs> but it's that almost, it it's almost like because it's so uh, it, it, irregular maybe might not be the right word but you get to do it when you collect enough assets for it and when you enjoy it and when you have time to do it and then it doesn't come like saying a burden of a subscription service that people have have paid money for and are like expecting and demanding and it's i think it makes it a lot nicer
1: yeah like fair play to anyone that does do that because it's so much work and so much like time and energy and it must be a lot of stress as well like print deadlines are the worst so yeah yeah, respect to anyone that does do that
0: (laughs) how did um how did the first lady first fest come about what was the planning thought process behind that
1: it had always been in my head like
0: Good. to do it. To, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> um, Next question.
1: Yeah, it had yeah, always been in my head. I always I keep I have so many permanent ideas for Lady Fuzz that I always want to do and I think most of them will never happen, but it's nice when one does. Yeah. Um, I did an event in Leeds for like International Women's Day. Very cool. Um and then a few months later, um, I hosted like some friends, Slingshot Dakota and Petal, and put on another show in Leeds. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I moved to Brighton, I was like, cool, I'm going to do an all dayer because that would be really easy to do and it would be really fun. Mm. And I think everyone would be into it. Yeah. Um, and then I just sort of booked like, I just booked a 10 band all dayer last year in Brighton and then it ended up like selling out Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily like popular big bands it was just within sort of like the underground scene yeah Um, it was like people that we'd maybe featured or people that we wanted to to work with or just bands that I liked so loads of people are always like oh I'm so I, I never got to apply for it I was like, I know, like, there wasn't applications. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, emailed a few bands and was like, hey, do you want to play this? It'll yeah. be fun. Um, and uh, I'm doing again this year on the 3rd and 4th of May.
0: Nice. It's, that
1: uh, yeah, it's a slightly, it's, we've gone, like, a little bit bigger. We've taken, like, the tiniest step up. We're mm-hmm. doing it a night and a day event. Um and yeah sh- I'm really looking forward to it it's not it's oh it's only oh my god I just looked at the date it's like in two weeks
0: yeah. <laughs> just for the for an edit note here this will be coming out afterwards after the festival
1: cool so we put on lady First First. hopefully yeah. <laughs> okay um but yeah um I think I think just the I think just always the idea that I have is that every time we do a zine or something we'll do it will make it cooler or better than the one that came before it. Yeah, natural progression. Um, And that's kind of, I I, I guess that's just kind of always the way I want to go with it because it's just, it's all never-ending.
0: Yeah. If you put an ending to it, then you might not be able to achieve what you want out of it. Or if you say, like you were saying before, like there isn't any time on it because you are busy in your day-to-day life, be it with band or with other graphic design work or just general life. You need to I think need to reach for those goals when you when you have time off and do the crazy ideas that you want. Like how oh, I work for BSM and we do some silly stuff every now and again. Because Yeah,
1: we like I've done something stupid, super stupid and indulgent yes. that we haven't brought out yet yeah. for a lady fuzz. Okay. And I don't wanna say it now no, just don't. in case just in case <laughs> like I don't get my shit together and it and it's um and it doesn't come out by the time this podcast is out. Yeah. But like if you just imagine like the silliest, most extravagant products that a punk zine
0: could make. Bath bombs.
1: Um, not quite, but like <laughs> you know, actually it's probably really easy to guess if you know me and you know what I like. But um yeah We're gonna let
0: the listeners guess.
1: You know how like um Alkapop like they made a bike once?
0: <laughs> they did they? <laughs> heard stories <laughs> and they're just <laughs>
1: Like I feel like maybe we've slightly we're turning into that in some respect (laughs) of just doing like random stuff, but no, um, it's been cool for the zine to get like slightly more well known. Yeah. Um, because it's mean it means that I've been able to like invest in having writers Mm. that are great and um, you know, uh, put some money into local artists that I really like to create artwork for merchandise. Mm. Um and and stuff like that.
0: I I really liked the um uh female front isn't a genre t shirt. I think that's a really good statement, honestly. Yeah I
1: I actually I almost did it for my band. Yeah. As a band t shirt for merch. Mm. And I was like no this is this is a Lady Fuzz T-shirt, yeah. and it's it's sometimes it's real as as you can tell from what I was saying before about how it started as an idea for my band and then ended. Um, I feel like there's so much cross contamination <laughs> in my mind between all of the things that I have going. Yeah, and sometimes it's really hard just to point them all in the right
0: direction. Do you, does uh, does Connor ever get upset that some of these ideas are not? cult dream ideas at the end of the day or is he is he does he just joke around with you and say "Oh, no No, not at all I think
1: (laughs) I think the only thing we have that with in cult dreams is songs right because I'll I'll write a song and then I'll think it's like not a cult dream song yeah I'll be like yeah that's just one for the solo record that's never gonna happen (laughs) um and then then I'll I'll just throw it in to like a set live like if we have a bit of extra time and then Connor will be like, "Hey, that's a cult dream song, you
0: know." <laughs> and I'm like No more secret songs. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no more secret songs. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh, okay. So, do you want that one?" And he'll be like, "Yeah." <laughs> and we have that. We have that with one of the songs on the new record. I, I, I guess, like, I don't know if other people have this, where like. There's just an element of confusion to everything you do. You're like, is this for this or is this for this? Oh, I don't know about I'm making it. <laughs> so <it's>
0: like, yeah. <laughs> it is cool that there's. I mean, it's there's tabs in the back of this one for for dough. There's yeah. there's tabs in other books. I think I think I, th- I think it's just really good. Like, I genuinely have enjoyed reading this, and I think it's I, yeah. I, I I can't say much more. I've just really enjoyed reading it and like opening my my mind to a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, this particular issue was probably, like, the biggest one we've done. Mm. Um, And it was... I think this is the one I was most happy with, like, the balance of everything that's in it. Yeah. For sure. So what's the... Oh, go on, sorry. um, I was just going to say that was, like, the first one I've done with, like, having a few writers that I pay as well. Yeah,
0: sure. What is the... um, What's the what, so what's the future this year? What's the what's the plans, the goals, the aspirations?
1: Um so yeah, we have Lady First Fest coming up in yep. a couple of weeks. There should be like a zine following that. I'm finishing that off this week. Um and then hopefully it'll go to print no by print
0: like deadlines. the end of the
1: week for sure. <laughs> um Then after that I'm not so sure really just I, I guess it's it's hard to say because Lady Fuzz is just like this little thing that I have going on that just ticks along but like sometimes it stops for a bit. Mm. Um, and I guess in my mind I'm about to get busy again with both of my bands. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not gonna commit to doing loads apart from just starting up another issue when I have the time and um i think i'm after this next issue i'm bringing like another another writer on board so i'll have four now awesome. which is cool um but i think yeah i think like the last issue and the festival this year has definitely sort of made me realize i can do so much with it yeah. if i want to yeah. and and, and I guess it's just for me it just comes down to timing yeah. and if I've got the time then I'll, I'll do it for sure
0: a community that does what it wants when it wants
1: yeah pretty much I <laughs> mean that, that makes it sound that makes it sound quite nice <laughs>
0: yeah. I think that's a great place to end it and a great statement to end it on <laughs> awesome. so there it is after the show is hosted by me Conor Laws edited by owner of the New York Yankees and Palm Mute enthusiast Oscar Lidiard. If you're vibing the sonic delivery that we've been working on here, tweet me, share it with your friends, upload it to LimeWire, just give us a thumbs up on Reddit, all those sort of things. Just keep it jazzy. Nice.